The following audio message is from Neighborhood Church in Overland Park, Kansas. At Neighborhood Church, we seek to be a community that loves God and our neighbors together. If you would like to learn more about Neighborhood Church, please go to www.neighborhoodchurchop.com. Well, good morning. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. Um, well, I wanted to start off this morning telling a little bit of a story, and I guess I want to ask you a question. Who here has been in a play of any kind? Any kind. Okay, so lots of people. Good. I was hoping lots of people are going to resonate with this story. <laughs> so uh, in high school, I went to a small school, a small Christian school, and we did a play every spring in the high school, uh, really in middle school and high school, but Particularly, this story takes place in my high school years, and uh, we did a Shakespeare play, and this Shakespeare play was my sophomore year. We did a Midsummer's Night's Dream. I played the one role that no one really wanted to play, which was the role that didn't have a lot of lines but had to sit on stage the whole play, right? It's like you didn't do much. You just sat there and listened to the whole play, and you had to look really expressive the whole time. I think the character's name was like Theseus, or right? It's the play within a play, right? So... Uh, this Shakespeare play going on, we, we practiced for it pretty much at the start of uh, you know the the uh, winter semester. You put a lot of hard work into these things, right? When you when you're part of a production and play, and there's that memorizing lines, and uh, there's who's working on the set. The director loses her or his mind every few weeks or so because they're so behind, right? And that happened with us too. Um, but, you know, there was, there was uh, this one night, it was our first night, so opening night on a Friday night, we all got ready for the play, and we're in the middle of this play. And we're all nervous, high school students, we've memorized our lines, our director's like, this play's going to happen, and it did. And um, it was really kind of comical. I'm sitting on stage, right, my job was just to observe everything that's going on, and I knew that we were in the middle of a scene, and yet all of a sudden, the lights just go off, right? So we're in total darkness, and we are not supposed to be in total darkness, right? And everyone on stage is kind of like freaking out, like, oh, this is not supposed to happen. What do we do? You know, and the person whose lines are next is like, am I supposed to keep going with the scene? You know, what do I do? And it got really uncomfortable, right? It was probably 30 seconds of just the lights are off. No one knows what to do until our director came from behind stage uh, and, and down the main aisle and, and said, everyone, we need to get downstairs into our cafeteria, which was on the lower level. There's a tornado warning going on, right? It's like, oh my goodness, that's like the worst thing that could ever happen during the middle of a play, right? Tornado warning. We all had to get downstairs and get into this, this storm shelter or, or the cafeteria, which was our storm shelter. Um, but anyways, it was like the worst thing that could happen uh, during a play, right? Um, but as I thought about this message this morning, I thought a lot about just the, uh, almost the connection, right, between the body of Christ. This morning, we're going to be learning about the church, that we are many members, but we are one body together. And I thought about putting on a play. There are so many parts of a play and a production that, that go on. I know we have students here uh, that, uh, that are involved in drama at their schools too, and, and they know this, that there are the actors that are up front. There are the, um, there are the set designers. There are the creators of uh, the displays of each scene. 
There are the, 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 uh, the light and sound people. There are directors. There are uh, understudies. There are all these different roles that go into putting on a play production. And I thought about this. This is kind of like the body of Christ. And as we dive in to reading all these aspects of what it is to be in community together, there are roles within the body of Christ. But our main goal is to be faithful in those roles. And uh, before we dive into too much, let me pray. God, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for community. Thank you for this church. Thank you for neighborhood church. Thank you for who you have created us to be. God, uh, we believe that you have brought this church to this neighborhood, particularly. We believe you've brought the people to neighborhood church, particularly, and that we all belong to each other because we belong to you. And God, I pray that we would see that in all things that we do here at Neighborhood Church, that we are united as family, uh, that we understand all the gifts that you've given this body to work together in unity for your sake, for your son's sake, and for the glory of, of your church. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to be opening up to 1 Corinthians 12. Brian preached last week on the spiritual gifts portion of chapter 12. We're going to keep going and finish chapter 12. It's a long chunk, so I'm going to go ahead and get started here. But we're going to start in verse 12 and go all the way through 31. We're going to see if we can get this done today, all right? So let's dive in. It says this, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body... Though many are one body, so it is with Christ, or the body of Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews are Greek, slave or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye... I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would, the, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the, that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? 
Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts. And I will show you still a more excellent way. So there's a lot we're biting off this morning, right? So uh, just a couple of things for context. And I know we've talked about a couple of these things um, already, but I just want to remain in this mindset as, as we get into this passage that the Corinthians were so concerned about their spiritual hierarchy in their community. That's what their focus was. Their focus was on who they identified with, whose teaching they were a part of. And now as Paul gets into his spiritual gifts teaching, the, the, the hierarchy or the desire to distinguish themselves away from each other or from certain gifts because they thought certain gifts elevated them in the body of Christ, this is what they've done with the spiritual gifts now. So there's a main theme, right, for the Corinthians is that they were focused so much on, on how other people viewed them and even within their own culture, within their community, right? They, they were, and in this, right, because they were so concerned with their image in the body of Christ inside and outside, they were kept from things, kept from unity, kept from faithfulness. In fact, even ostracized probably some in the body. And so Paul's teaching here is directed at this error in the Corinthian church still. And the interesting thing is the Roman culture also probably played a role in the Corinthian thinking and their relationships with each other. There in the day of the church, the first century church, in the Roman culture, there were two groups of people. Um, there were the honestiores, which is, we get this word honorable, right? Or honor is the root word. And there were also the humili, uh, humiliores. So hum, uh, you could say humble or humiliated is another word, right? That comes from this. So there were two groups of people. There were the honorable and there were the, you could say non-honorable, unhonorable, right? So two groups of people back in that day. Now that was based off of what job you had, if you were a Roman citizen or not. Uh, you know, if you had, uh, if you were born into the right family, your wealth and possibly your education, all these played a role in, and if you were in one category, the humiliores or the honest, 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 excuse me, Latin, huh? So two different types of group of people. So this would play a role also in the Corinthian, Corinthian mind. And this is what Paul is speaking to today. That the Corinthians, they were well aware of these spiritual gifts and, and it seems to be, that they had formed in their own way, in their own opinion, that certain gifts were elevated and certain gifts were given more honor in the body of Christ than others. And Paul wants to address this. So let's, let's dive in particularly to verses 12 through 19. I'm gonna read the verses again just because I think it, uh, it's, it's very good to hear the word of God more than once, right? So let's, let's dive into verses 12 through, through 19. It says, for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ or the body of Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews and Greeks, slave or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So this is the first section. As we continue on, Paul is talking to the first group of people. Okay. And he says this, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, 
that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? And as it is, there are many parts, yet one body. So from this distinction, Paul in this whole section is talking to two groups of people, the affected groups, you could say. The first group is addressed to the crowd who feels as if they do not have value in the body of Christ based on their spiritual gift or based on their life in Christ and based on this perception in the church that certain gifts were elevated, right? Or given more honor. This group of people didn't believe that they had value or anything to offer. And Paul wants to reassure that every single member of this believing body of Christ has the same value as any other member and that they are integral to the workings of the body of Christ. And that the diversity in gifts was actually something God intended. So this message speaks to those of us who feel as if we're on the outside of God's purpose and plan in the church community. It speaks to those who, who don't see their gifts or don't see their identity in Christ as bringing something to the table, so to speak, in the church community. This is who Paul is talking to. But I want you to notice something about this passage Paul begins his metaphor of the body of Christ and he explains it as a possible identity issue rooted in a comparison of another person and a lack of trust in God's gift to you individually. The way Paul forms his metaphor first is he, he says, if you are the hand, right? Um, because I am the hand, I do not belong to the body. Meaning, if, if I have that particular gift, or if I, if I help in this way, or I add to the body of Christ, if I encourage in this way, but maybe not in this way, I'm not as much a part of the body. As if the hand could talk to the eye and say something like that, right? But because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, right? And thinking that whatever God has given you, your, your, your believing story in Christ... And the gifts that come through the spirit that Brian preached on last week. That this is any less than any other gift. But of course, it's silliness to say that the hand is any less a part of the body than the eye. Or the foot is any less a part of the body than the mouth. So this is our point number one. Point number one says, and I'll make it easy this morning. You're going to see this phrase three times, okay? So you can write this down. You're like, I got all the points down for today, okay? You might have to write it down three times, but you can write it down once. That's good too. Point number one, through God's wisdom and design, you are a part of the body of Christ. If you believe in Jesus, if you have been, if you have believed in the gospel, you are a part of the body of Christ, the big capital C church. And particularly here at Neighborhood Church, we hope that, that you would consider joining this church, joining a particular body, a small C church, right? But if not, we would love to also help and guide and direct you to a gospel-believing community. But, but I want you to hear this message 
if you're part of the group that says, I just don't have much to offer, God says you are a part of the body of Christ. The gifts that he's given you, your story, your, the, the story that God has worked in your life that he saved you from your sin, all of these particular workings that God has planned in your life, and that moment you were saved, you were given a particular spiritual gift, just you, that only you can bring to the table. You are a part of the body of Christ. It needs to be clear, when we feel this way, when we feel like we don't bring much to the table, we can feel like we're less than in the body of Christ, but there really is no distinction. There's no popularity in the body of Christ. There shouldn't be any popularity in the body of Christ. And we really need to take place or take hold of our place in the body and trust God's design for us. So if there's an identity issue for you that, that God can't use you, or that you don't have certain spiritual gifts, so that makes you less than in a community. That's really a straight lie from hell. And it's keeping you from Christian community. You are a part of the body of Christ, and by God's design and choosing, his gift in you is uniquely yours. And the body is deprived of your spiritual gift and your spiritual life until you join Christian community with brothers and sisters. So if we find ourselves thinking that we are less than in the body, we, we actually halt our own spiritual practice as well. Of loving brothers and sisters in Christ, we tend to step away from community. If we don't think we have a lot to, to give, and usually that falls on maybe things like church attendance, maybe things like commitment in certain spiritual groups, and we can neglect our relationship with God and with other believers. But I want you to remember, I want you to be encouraged if, if this is you today, if this is how you feel, there's no hierarchy in God's family. And throughout scripture, God consistently uses the unqualified and ungifted to greater display his glory to others. That's the truth that I want you to hear this morning from God's word. Eyes need hands, ears need neck muscles, and the mouth needs a stomach. <laughs> and by God's choosing, he has formed the body of Christ to be different in their spiritual giftings. And we should be grateful for this. I mean, who would want to attend a church full of themselves, right? That's kind of scary to think that Joel is everywhere, right, in the church. Like, there'd be so many yeah dogs and yeah, what's up dog? Like, there'd be so many of those phrases coming out, I'd lose my mind, you guys have probably lost your mind with how much I say that anyways, but, but you get the point. God has brought us all together as one body. So let's keep going. Verse 21 through 26. So our first crowd was to those who felt ostracized, who felt like they didn't bring anything to the table, who didn't benefit the body of Christ. And this second group of people is going to be to the ones who think they bring a lot more. Verse 21 through 26 says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body 
giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but the members, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. For this second part, right, Paul is now addressing those in the body of Christ in this talk of spiritual gifts that, that they claim that they can do without some of the members. They don't need certain people or certain gifts in the body of Christ. And these believers wouldn't mind being associated with a select group, probably themselves included, but really would like to keep away from other members of the body of Christ and exclude them, make them secondary. And this second group in Corinth has no personal identity struggle, but it's actually a community-based struggle, a group identity, you could say, a struggle in their identity as the body of Christ, every single one of them. So this kind of Christian, this Corinthian Christian, and maybe for some of us, it's all, we are also kept from proper spiritual enrichment. If this is how we think, in a different way though, instead of the spiritual inadequacy struggle from the last set of people, the new struggle is centered on an overqualified view of themselves and the creation of spiritual cliques then start to form. But in God's design, he knows us, right? He knows us when he brought us together, when he brought the church in the first century together, he knows man's heart. He knows that we are bent on making a system that we can control, making a system that we can be on the top of. He knows this. And God's designs for the church were so different than any man-made organization. And everyone who believes in Jesus is a member of the body of Christ because of the same grace that every, everyone else is here and remains here. So everyone comes to Christ through the same gospel, belief in Jesus, dying on the cross for their sins, and remain in Christ because of the same grace. We're all here for the same reasons, through the same reason, through Jesus. And this, for this example, right, this would be comical, right? If you started to see... Uh, in a different universe, right? Little appendages trying to run away or live life on their own. Picture the pinky toe trying to live on a daily basis by itself, right? It would look pretty funny, right? Trying to wiggle around on the floor and do everything that the body does, right? Or picture your earlobe, right? Trying to live life. It would just be on the ground, right? Nothing would happen to it, right? But, but the idea is that, that, you know, this kind of Christian that says, I I can associate or I can live by myself or with this select group of people and I really don't need to identify with other Christians in the body. That's like trying to live on your own as the arm or trying to live on your own like just a head. But Paul speaks to the Corinthians because many of them feel like this, that they can be separate from the body. And I I want to introduce this second point here this morning is that through God's wisdom and design, you are a part of the body of Christ. You are a part of the body of Christ. So I want to share with you, there was a, just to give you a practical example of how this might carry out. So last summer we had a crew team in, 
and we did some missions work, right? We went out, we uh, canvassed the area, particularly for sports camp. That's coming up again. Really excited for that. Um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, and we did some canvassing. And there was one of the leaders on the crew staff, man, he was a gifted evangelist. Every single day, he was coming back with one or two stories where people were accepting Christ. I mean, he was a gifted evangelist. I knew it. The second that, I mean, uh, he was telling these stories, it was like, wow, he's gifted. He, this is his spiritual gift, engaging people with the gospel in their context right away, and they confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. When I, hear, when I heard the stories, right, for the first and second day, it was like, praise God. But there was a selfish bent to me that said, I kind of wish I had that, right? And it was a thought, it was a temptation for me to say, I want that gift over how God has equipped me. And I'm not saying we can't pursue evangelism, right? Paul even includes it in his last section. He says, you should desire these gifts to pursue them. But it took me out of the moment and out of the joy of celebrating with the body of Christ that people were repenting and coming to faith in Jesus. And that's what it does for us too. When we focus on a comparison of one another, it gets our focus on ourselves and takes away our worship, our community, in glorifying Christ. So this is who Paul's talking to. The believers who have a trouble with, with thinking of their own spiritual gift as bearing so much weight that, that the body of Christ can't do without it. The next portion that I want to bring up about this passage in verse 26, though, is, is very important. I, one that I've been learning a little bit about over the last few weeks. In verse 26, Paul follows this up, right, in, in telling that those who have thought of themselves as so great to the so littles, right, that actually when the so littles, in their mind, suffer, you should be suffering, right? And when the... Uh, the lesser in their minds are honored, they should honor them with their gifts. And he follows that up by saying, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. There's a unity and there's not a distinction in the body anymore. I guess I really wanted to take maybe a little bit more of a general principle from this verse and encourage you all this morning is that we can be very individualistic in our faith and um, we can feel separated from the body of Christ in our actions at home, in our actions in our marriages, in our friendships, in our job setting. We can feel very disconnected. But I want to encourage you and warn <laughs> that our love for God and our devotion to him affects other believers. Our love and devotion for God and our devotion to him affects other believers. This whole passage is saying that when, when something terrible happens and when we make choices that go against the body, it's, it's harmful. And when we praise God together, when we sacrifice for Christ, when we, when we do things like Parents Night Out, right, and we're raising money for missions, all for the glory of God, we're aiding the body of Christ. We're, we're um, edifying it. 
So in essence, we can be a protein shake for another believer's faith, right? Or we can be the binge on a row of Oreos for another believer's faith, right? We can build up or we can destroy. And our personal decisions play a role in that. That our, our, our social life, our family life, how we treat our spouses, all these things can be encouraging and they can also be discouraging. Last few weeks, yeah, I've, I've just learned this uh, really in the last few weeks very personally. But I just wanted to share with you guys that uh, it's hard. It's hard to hear news about, of the body of Christ in disobedience, in willful disobedience. It's hard to hear that. And I want to give you an example that I heard, right? My friend from college, longtime friend, Loves the Lord, but he just texted me out of the blue in this group and just said he's leaving his wife, and he has three kids, and that hurts me because I know it hurts God, and I tried to say everything I could. I tried to, I tried to encourage him, and I'm not sure what he's going to decide. It's not he's not really maybe decided yet, but it hurts because I know it hurts God. And I know that this brother is a part of the body of Christ. And our decisions to sacrifice and to lay down our lives for our families, to lay down our life for our communities, to lay down our life in the name of God's glory, that builds up the body of Christ. And it's so encouraging to hear of marriages that aren't perfect, but you're sticking with each other because you know Christ is forgiven you. It's encouraging to hear all those things. And this is part of the joy of being in the body of Christ. That we get to be encouraged. We get to build one another up. And this is the encouraging part. I love this verse from Revelation 19, uh, verses 7 through 9. It says, Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory For the marriage of the Lamb has come. And this is speaking of when we're united in Christ all together. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. And his bride has made herself ready. That's us, the body. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. What we do here in this lifetime is like the beautiful clothes that a bride wears on her wedding day when we look at Christ and we get to be united with Christ one day. And that's the wonderful part is that it's encouraging for us here now in this world to to die to ourselves, to live for Christ in a community. And then also that one day these deeds, which are hard and I get it, to sacrifice for each other and for the world. This is what, in the metaphor, right, that the body of Christ is clothed in when we're presented to Christ. In essence, that marriage that you've committed and you've loved and you've sacrificed for for 45 years or X amount of years, however long you're here on this life, 
that will be part of what the bride of Christ we are clothed in. So, continuing on. Verse 27 through 31. Now you are a part of the body of Christ and individually members of it, and God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administration, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you still a more excellent way. If you're looking at 1 Corinthians and you look at that next chapter, that more excellent way is love. And it's coming up, and I'm looking very much forward to hearing the message on it. But our last point for this morning is this. Through God's wisdom and design, you are a part of the body of Christ. This is where our application is. It's two messages surrounded by the truths of the two groups of people, the ones that don't think they're adding much to the body of Christ, and those that think they're bringing much more than they really do. But God's planning and purposed choosing is why we are a part of a church. God's love for us and Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is why every single believer belongs to the body. We are not a part of the body of Jesus because it is a social club that meets on Sundays at 10.30. We are not here because we deserve to be. We are certainly here because the gospel of Jesus has united us in faith and made us all equals in the eyes of God as members of his family, as all children. Family members that he chose to put together and that he has equipped us to display his glory to the neighborhood and to the globe. And for some of us that, feels, uh, that feel like the less than part of the body of Christ, we need to put our faith in the knowledge from God's word that he has selected us to be a part of his body of believers and that we have been given a gift in the spirit that only we have for the purpose of building up the body of Christ. And for those of us, and for the others of us, right, that when we need to, well, we need to get off a, a spiritual high horse, so to speak, and realize that we need everyone that God has selected to be a part of his church. He has designed it so. And ultimately, that if we have been gifted in the spirit with such spiritual gifts that God has given them to us to serve the body, not to elevate ourselves. So if you find yourself as a teacher or as a pastor one day or teaching Sunday school or whatever it is that we have revered as the spiritual gift, right, that in our minds we elevate, God has given that to you to build up the body of Christ, to serve so the last thing I want to share this morning is that for all of us, let's, let's beautify the body of Christ together as Neighborhood Church. Let's become a place where any person from any spiritual background may find the sweet aroma of the gospel in our lives and in the lives of our brothers and sisters together. Let's be a connected church that loves one another, uses our gifts to build up the, the body so that God will be glorified through us and through Neighborhood Church. I want to end with this this morning. Dietrich Bonhoeffer is becoming one of my favorite authors. He has been, but 
I've kind of avoiding, avoided some of his writings because it's very convicting, <laughs> honestly, right? So, but he wrote a book, and I'm going to recommend it um, just as follow-up study. It's called Life Together, and it is the classic exploration of Christian community. It is much richer than the title. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying it, it, is a, it is a wonderful book. And he says this about Christian community. This Christian community is not an ideal which we must realize. It is rather a reality created by God in Christ in which we may participate. The more clearly we learn to recognize that the ground and strength and promise of all our fellowship is in Jesus Christ alone, the more serenely shall we think of our fellowship and pray and hope for it. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for this morning. God, thank you so much for bringing us into the body of Christ, into unity. God, we, it's hard. It's hard to trust that sometimes, and I get that. It's hard, it's hard to, uh, to trust your design, especially when conflict comes into play or when hardship comes or we hear such terrible news from the body. But it's also just as joyful to hear the good news it's even more joyful to hear the things that you've, that you've planned that we should hear and worked in people's lives to bring them into the body of Christ. I pray that we would let this truth soak in, that we don't exclude others, that we don't think of others here at Neighborhood Church or in the global church as less than, but that we, we see one body that you've designed and picked for a purpose and a planned display of your glory. And I pray that we would also be a church that we just figure this out together, that we figure out what our spiritual gifts are and that there's grace in this body, that there is mercy and forgiveness for when we mess up, when we sin, and that there's the love of the gospel at the center of all these things. We love you and praise you. Thank you for the body of Christ. It's our hope that we beautify it when we are ushered into eternity, when we meet you, Jesus. Amen.